Welcome back, Rabbi Dr. Eliezer Brot. What a pleasure to meet with you and speak with you again. We're after Pesach, and as promised, we're going to continue discussing the Sfarim, the legacy, specifically of the Sfarim of Rukhaim Kanievsky. And we've gotten tremendous feedback, both personally and in writing. You know, when someone writes the following, the Shurman of Chaim Kanievsky's Sfarim are wonderful. I must admit that the topic didn't interest me at first, but after listening for a few minutes, you truly brought out some insightful Lakudis, which I, I wholeheartedly agree. Someone else wrote, I've just finished part three and thoroughly enjoyed it. Keep up with all the digressions. They help to give a wider and richer view of Rav Chaim. I'm hoping that there will be many more in the series. And this is the most interesting. Um, people feel this way. It is no question that you have found the greatest way to be masked and give tribute to Rav Chaim. So, Rebeliezer, you're doing something unique and different. How are you today? Baruch Hashem. Okay, okay, so it's nice to have you back. I know you're a man of not many words. So, also, you know, we try to cram everything into a few minutes. People don't like it. But let's spend the, some time together. We've spoken up until now about Rav Chaim's Sefer on the Rambam, about the Marashah, the Arches Chaim Loharosh. Let's transition now to some of Chaim's Sfarim on Halacha. And today, specifically, we want to talk about two interesting Sfarim, one on tattoos and one on the grasshoppers. Everybody has heard about the story with the grasshopper. Maybe there's something else you can bring to the table, something something different. Maybe a good place to start. Did Chaim have any Messiah or Ashita or Mahalach and how to learn Halacha and about learning Halacha? That might be a good place if you have anything to speak on that topic. Oh, so, so the answer to that question, I, um, which is a great way to introduce the the next few svarim that we'll discuss, which will hopefully be more the more halachadik svarim or Rukhayim, is like this: the um, already the first in the first one of these presentations, I mentioned that the way I see it, Rukhayim Kanievsky had a tremendous influence. He was influenced by four different um, people. He's been stumbled by many people, to, and he became his own person. But he was influenced by different things he got. He took from these gedolim. One was the Vilna Gain, another was the Chazanish, another was his father, and the fourth was the Mishnah Bura. Now, when you um, in many of his svarim that he wrote, we know you, we know he wrote many different svarim, but there's a, there's a, they were hal, they were halachadik. There was svarim on halacha. Famous um, is the Sefer Derech Hamuna, four four or five volumes that are in Hilchos Ram Beiun. A Mishnah Brewer like Sefer, and he wrote some are other, he wrote other halachadika works that are some are less known, some are more known for different reasons. You mentioned Derek Hamuna. It's worth pointing out we're about to embark on Mishnah Yemi, Mesech Tashviyas. Oh, actually, learning, say this right now, Mishnah Yemi. Derek Hamuna is a classic. And if anyone is using the art scroll Mishnayas or any Pirish, Derek Hamuna is mentioned all the time, all the time. So hopefully, we'll get to that. Right. But that, that we're not going to deal with today because the Derech Hamun is such a unique work. It needs its own um, thing. But to get to lead up to it, uh, to discuss the less the lesser known works in the Halacha of Rabbi Kanievsky, to get to the more famous ones along the way, the Shaina Halachas and the Derech Hamun. Now, but but in general, we see that Rabbi was very into this of 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 learning Halacha, learning Halachadik, as I'll call it. Now. Even though he's very into learning halachadik, he thro- he spells out all over the place. 
it's halachadik, but not halachalamaisa. I mean, you say, don't rely on the, I'm learning this safe, I'm learning this topic, and it'll say, um, it's a bevat lamashal. The safer, the first safer, which we'll discuss today, says, bevadai ainless maichalze, raktarch laayin bemakairis. Or in his derech amunas, he constantly says it on the cover page in the introduction, the end of the introduction. But bottom line is that he was very involved with learning halachas. So the question is, where did where did this come from? Um, so the answer is, I, I believe, is that as I mentioned, these these different people that had a tremendous influence on him, we find by them this in or, or, by them this uh, um, important aspect of learning Torah with with a with a focus of learning Aliba the Hilfasa. To start with, like this, Rukhaim Valajner, the famous greatest Talmud of the Vilna Gaon wrote numerous hagdamas to the various works of the Vilna Gaon that was published. He wrote different introductions to the work. And in each one of his introductions, he talks about his Rebbe. And each one is fascinating and very kedai to um, go through. And you can learn a lot about the Vilna Gaon by reading through these introductions. Um, recently, a few a few weeks ago, the um, a volume was co- uh, collected all these introductions, not only of, of Reb Chaim, of the other of the children of the Gra, and uh, other such materials, and put into a volume called Hadaris Elio, and it's available through Meister of Cook. Um, now, in this, in, in one of the introductions, the introduction to Beer Halacha, which is printed in the early one of the first works of the Vilna Gaon printed, Reb Chaim says that one of the main nakudas of the Vilna Gaon was. And for what? And that's how you've been the word. Basically, learning with it's not just to learn Tyra, which is beyond important, especially for the in the Vilna Gain, but it's also to learn to know what to do. <coughs> and this is Rukhaim Malajan is saying that this is what the Vilna Gain. The Chayyadam, who um not the scope of, of this presentation, but was extremely mushbad and was um, involved with the base medrash of the Gra and a dying in Vilna at the time and was close with the Gra. Also, in both of his introductions that he wrote on the Chayi Adam, emphasizes that one of the reasons why he was writing this work is that Halachala Maisa fell by the wayside and it needs to be, it means, it, even if one learns Gemara the whole day, but if you don't learn Halachala Maisa, you're not being Makayim certain aspects of Torah. And and um, so in the introduction of his first introduction, which is, in, it's not printed in all the, all the editions of Chai Yadam, and in the second introduction, he called Akdam Achreina, which both introductions are Bechlal, very Kedai to go through, um, he emphasizes this Nakuda of learning Halacha Lomaisa. Um, let me just see if there's a quote here. Hold on. Iker Alimun Halacha is Tzukais. And then that's in one of the introductions, and then in the other introduction he says, um, Now, it was so important, so fundamental, the Chai Yadam on the Sharblat of the first edition, where he talks about different aspects of the Sefer, also emphasizes this same point. Um, he, he says, uh, let me see if I can find the Russian here, He said this, and this and this Shar is not found in all the, in all, in many of the later editions, he says, um, and therefore you'll, you'll be able to be kind of, so to speak, with his safer. Okay, now moving further along, a safer, a fascinating, fascinating safer called Menucha Kedusha. 
which is possibly a Talmud Rechaim Velazhen, but definitely also influenced from the Vilna Gaon camp, which is a safer, um, a lot about Malach Halimud. It was written, he was writing this for how to, to learn with Bar Mitzvah Bachram for his own child and others. He was a Malamid. And this safer, he also talks about the great importance of learning Halacha, and specifically he starts emphasizing learning, if, even if let's say you're Balabas, focusing more on Lechalapachos, starting with Arachayim. Uh, but co- why? Because it's so important um, to know it comes up daily. Okay. Moving further along, obviously, the Mishnah um, which I also said was a tremendous impact on, on Rukhaim Kanievsky, which we'll get to, Amir Tzashem. But he, in his famous Hagdama to the Mishnah Bura, also, um, also emphasizes this Nakuda that part, it's not only about learning, it's also Iker Limud Adam Tzarek Luyais, Belimud Hamevi Lidei Maiso. And then he says how Archaim was neglected and and etc. etc. You dvarm you do him and you can, it's a very kedai to learn the introduction. The Chazanish, who and now sorry before I get to Chazanish, the Mishnah Bruz Hagdama, the Rakhain Kanievsky brings up Arichus when he talks about his Shaina Lachas, which is a work specifically on the Mishnah Bruz. Anyway, the Chazanish, who his uncle, his Rebbe, also had tremendous impact on him in the Chazan Shemunah Betachin. He has different pieces, Barichos, about Chashivas, the most important area of Torah is in is Halacha, and one has to learn Halacha Lamaisa. He has very um, interesting lines that are, the question always is who he's referring to, but you could see that he's very upset that the people were learning and they're being Mechadish Chedushim, Ein Bem Mimasha Nemer Lamaisha Misinai. Af Shehein Sichoi Shal Yer Shemayin V'Tikan Amidus that you have to learn and he has this barichos in pages and pay, uh, a few different um, pieces where the Chazanish was very concerned and Kiyadua, the Chazanish is safer is a safer with learning now the one thing with the Chazanish is that he doesn't spell that out but that's the gang uh, the, 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 the theme throughout the same halacha lamaisa when this stopped in yeshiva exactly, and that the yeshiva world um, more is more learning focus on lambdas and whatever, this is beyond the scope of our session today. Uh, Mordechai Boyer's book on the yeshivas talks about it, but Akan, the, um, the, the the introduction of, to understand where Akan Kanevsky is coming from, when he also, many of his works are focused on halacha lamaisa, even though he says it's not lamaisa. Okay, very interesting introduction. So, the two svarim we mentioned at the outset you want to speak about today is about tattoos and about grasshoppers. So let's start with the safer on tattoos. What's it called? How big is the safer? What does it say inside the safer? I'm sure you have some interesting anecdotes to add about how the safer came about. Yeah. Okay. So, so first of all, the um, the safer is approximately a it's um. It's approximately 110 pages. It's called Kuntris Hashegen Aksav. And he writes in the beginning, Yevar Kol Hilchois Kservis Kaka. He has a date when it was completed, which is in Yud Ches Kislev Tavshin Lamavav, 1976. Okay. Now, as I've mentioned already in the past, Rokhain Knievsky is very Makbid. I think he was Makbid. He writes why he wrote the different svarim that he did. So here... In the beginning of this sefer, he emphasizes that one has to know kala terakula, and all of Torah relates with each other. And he says that it's halacha lemaisa even for today. And um, in Yeridea, Simon Kufpei, there's not a lot of material about it. 
and there's a lot to add and a lot to collect. So basically he decided to go ahead and to collect all the material um, and put it out as a sefer. Now, he broke it down into 21 simanim. It's, it's in the form of a type. At this, it seems that um, in the Derech Amuna, when he was working on Zram, so he formed what's well, famous. It's, it's, it's a sim, very similar look of like the Mishnah Brewer. At this point, he did not do that. I don't know why, what, what was behind it, but this is simply a simon. He'll talk about a topic, and then at the end of each simon, he has a conclusion. What comes out from this simon? And he sums it up in a few lines, very in very uh, orderly manner. Now, of course, he goes through everything, bakol, bakol, as they say, on the topic, starting from the psukim, moving on to Rashi, all the rishayim on the psukim, somehow get in here, Midrashim, Yushalmis, Bavlis, um, and everything, literally everything comes in here, and he breaks it down very, very Masudar, what it is, um, um, that's, um, if it's Biyad, Bekli, um, what type of Tzviya, um, do we, he has a, sh- a, ch- a chapter, Chayv Dafka, um, if you, you have to write letters, all different things about this topic, and as I said, it's broken down into 21 um, sections. So you'll say, okay, so Chaim Kanievsky picked, found the topic, and as I mentioned already in some of the others farm, he was looking for this concept of mace mitzvah, neglected areaism, and he doesn't throw that in for this particular sefer. You'll say, okay, but what does that have to do with anything? Okay, Baruch Hashem, we ha- um, people in the world of Kirov, they are asked these questions about tattoos a lot, but even if you're not in the world of Kirov, is the areas of tattoos nagea? So interestingly enough, for such a type of question, we consult the great um, Rev. J. D. Bla- Rev. J. David Bleich in one of his most, in a, maybe it's even his latest volume, Contemporary Halachic Problems. So he has an article that originally appeared as a, an article in, a, in the, I think, in the journal Tradition, and it's called Medical and Cosmetic Tattooing. So first, interestingly enough, he, he has a quote from a non-Jewish source in 1953 describing that in, in 1953, it seemed to be unheard of, unusual to have um, tattoos. But it seems to change as anyone walking around on the streets all over, Sion Eretz Yisrael, Sion America, you could see this often. There's a famous um, there's a famous thing about tattoos, and this, I, I do not know, the, I did not look into the earliest sources of it, but if someone has a tattoo, he might not be able to be buried in a Beisach forest. Okay, could be, could be not, I don't know. Interestingly enough, and this Rabbi Bleich brings out already right away in the beginning of this piece, that the Minchas Chinuch, who talks about uh, about tattoos, he says he never saw a person with tattoos. But obviously today, it's very common. Now, what's Rabbi Bleich? Why does Rabbi Bleich have a piece about it? And this, uh, many Rabbanim that are involved in the medical field know this is, there's in medical, from in the medical field, this is very Negev. What's Negev for? For example, in radiation oncology, they do some type of form of uh, for targeting, as Rabbi Bleich writes, targeting locali- localization to assure beam alignment. So you have to make sure it's exact. So they ha- they use tattooing, and and now so you'll say, okay, great. So Rabbi Bleich has throughout this, he has his, his in his Kedarka Bekaidish, an amazing chapter with incredible research, and throughout the state this this chapter, who's quoted very often, Rabbi Kanievsky Sefer. This is the Aleph phase in the Sugya. Very, very thorough, Kedarka um, B'Kaidish. As I said, he breaks it down super organized, and he has all the materials 
about it. And Rukhai Knievsky concludes. So we, what I'm bringing out from Rabbi Bleich is it's a halacha l'maysa dikha sugya today. Rabbi, I don't think Rukhai Knievsky, from what I, from what I went, went through, he ever mentions this thing. I don't know if he knew. If it, it, it could, in 1976, I don't know if they had it so much. More more related. But um, at the end of the Sefer, he even has a kitzer dinim ha'ayla mikuntrezeh has Rukhai Knievsky. Okay. Now, as I said, he breaks it down to all different fields. So I just want to focus on one, just to mention one um, uh, thing about this that he breaks it down into. He talks about, there's a question, um, he talks about Lamashal. Um, as I said in, in one of the previous presentations, I believe he had some influence from the Minchas Chinuch, and here he also quotes the Minchas Chinuch a lot. And what's fa- one of the things I mentioned already earlier is that the Minchas Chinuch is famous for having the, he created what's called a new Mishpacha, and he broke down uh, all different areas. What's the story with an androgynous and this Allah and Tumtumus and blah blah and etc. Now, so here too, Rukhain Knievsky has a question, a, a chapter devoted to writing uh, um, tattoos on a, a basar of a chere, shaita, katan, ever, a guy, a behema. Now, so Adkan, very interesting. Now, for Evid. Um, he talks about a few times. Everyone, a lot of people, are very fa- a lot of people, are very well aware. With Haman and Mordechai, he was his eved, and there was a star written on him. And he, he a few times in this in the sefer bechlal. Somehow gets back to talking about those midrashim about it. Kedarka bechayvish throwing in in the middle of nowhere this this aspect. But he then has a in the simon he talks about and what about writing a tattoo on Adne Hasada Vasarini Hames. So. Obviously, this is um, this gets one's attention. Okay, so in Rebchaim Knievsky here, so after talking about these this list, he says Anle Asada Vasarini. What's Anle Asada? That's what I'm about to explain. And what's Asarini? So it seems that just like I said that uh, the Minchas Chinuch was fascinated with Androgynous, the Tumtumus, and bringing it in, Rebchaim Knievsky had this fascination with Anle Asada. And he wa- and he so much so that he wanted to even it's writ- it's brought down a few different places. He was even going to write a safer about Adne Asada. He talks about it in a few different um, svarim of his. And obviously the question is, what in the world is Adne Asada? Now he never ended up writing the safer about Adne Asada, but someone, two people already did, heavily based on Rukhain Knievsky, particularly this simon that I'm about to discuss. And as Mishnah Yoyim is learning Klayim, Periches Mishnah Hey. Talks about these Adne Asada. Now, I'm about to, I mean, one more second. Rabchaim Kanievsky gave Askama to one of the Contrasim, and he said, and, and, and about, um, he says it's a uh, it's a beautiful thing. And then he says, Rabchaim Kanievsky writes in a letter to this author who doesn't write his name, what it is, but when I was young, I also wanted to write a safer on Adne Asada and even had a name for Kvikar Laden. Okay. Now, so this Sefer also talks about the Serene. Now, what's the Adne Asada and what's the Serene? That's what you're asking. So the answer is very simple. Actually, it's not. Okay, so when we learn, so as Mishnah Yoimi, well, Daf has a, uh, we have to sh- throw it out there. It's not only that it's for Daf Yoimi, it has, mi- for the Mishnah Yoimi project, is all Mishnah, an incredible resource. And Klaim, the, these Mishnahis are being, it could be, I, I forgot to check if it was just learned. I just learned it, uh, Mamish, right now. If you learn Klayim, Paraches, Mishnehe, it talks about Adne Asada. What is it? It's a Chaya. Says Rabbi Yaisi, Metamas Boyel Ka'adam. What is the Adne Asada? So, right away, obviously, you look at the Bartanura. 
And he says, A string comes out from the earth, and it's a chaya. With a, with a rope, um, then he, he looks like Tzuras Adam and he says no one could get near it. It, it. it kills if you get close to it, and it will trap you. It's very dangerous. But the way he's in the way you look at this Bartanura, it sounds like he's something he knew about. Now, the looking at um, Art Scroll. In English, it says as follows: A certain creature that has human-like characteristics. It notes in the notes that they add it, it's an unusual animal, unknown to us today, whose face, hands, and legs resemble those of a human. It's attached to the ground by a cord from its navel, and it draws its sustenance from the ground through the cord. If the cord is cut, it dies. So it seems to be some type of plant that's alive, looks like a person. Not, it's not a person, but according to the Bartanur, it was very dangerous. And it could ca- and it could even ca- catch people and kill them, even according to the Bartimaeus. Sounds sounds very uh, very very interesting. Now, so Rukhain Knievsky, um he has a question: If you write a tattoo on such a creature in this, in, in that's how he gets to the tattoos. Now it's clear you could see already this thing that Rukhain Knievsky was interested in it because in Agarufa I think he mentions it, and in Alter he mentions it. As I said, he he was. Interested, he was interested in this. also throws in these Ani Asada as these unique creatures, and Rabdalia Nadal and his Sefer also throws in about it. It seems they, they were interested in this type of thing. Um, now I'm not going to go Barichos into what is this Ani Asada, it just will, it will suffice to say that, um. Just to make just the all the questions that this safer deals with is just uh, amazing about eating them um, on Shabbos. What's a bracha if one sees them? This is a question of if you can make a mashana abrius. Why were they even created? And and through the, this safer that I uh, that I have, um, he has letters and cards from Rukhankinesky. So here Rukhankinesky back to the tattoos. He talks about writing a tattoo on it, and of course Rukhankinesky throws in. Some other materials about it. Uh, um, uh, he brings down that where's an interesting early source about it in, a med- in an early Medjishtan Chuma printed in by Buber. Um, and he brings down the whole piece. And he, and he has some other sources, a Kahelis Rava about it. And uh, uh, there's a, a Rash in Klein about it. He also brings that down. And uh, anyway, so that's one um, aspect. Now, what's the Serini? The Serini is. Oh, sorry. Now, just one thing, just as, as they like, to, as a, just to make it a drop interesting. What's this Adnei Asada according to some sources? So it's been very much spoken about on the internet numerous times around Parshas Vayechi. Binyamin being a werewolf, and where it comes from, and is this Rabbeinu Ephraim, and who is this Rabbeinu Ephraim, and if you if you don't believe in it, what type of person are you? Are you a good Jew? Or are you a bad Jew? And Rabbi Ephraim says it not once, he says it twice, he says it three times, that Benjamin was a werewolf, and is werewolves real, and are you good, are you good, you're bad, because you don't believe in werewolves, there's so much discussion about this on the internet, I'm not going to discuss that, maybe for all Parsha, which also exists, we have to throw that out there, for Parsha Svayichi, someone should speak about it, but some Makairis say that the Adne Asad the Taka is this, this werewolf somehow. Okay, I just have to throw that out there. Um, and Rabbein Ephraim, Rechaim Kineski was involved with Rabbein Ephraim, so that's a way to get, throw in why we could talk about it now. Anyway, what's the Serini? Again, another creature 
it seems according to the descriptions, it's it's found in the Tarskayhan, but it seems to possibly be a mermaid. Again, a topic discussed on the internet. Uh, we're not going to get involved with it right now, but Akopanim. So Rechaim Kriyaski in the Sefer, as I said, with the tattoos, um, um, he shows the same thing that we were exposed to from his unbelievable knowledge, from what became famous of his chayvis, of his yadan kala he plugs that in to here, to go even ad halacha lemaisa, and it's beyond incredible, it's kedai to learn, it's as a, as others, as all, as almost all his other farm, it's available on Hebrew books, it's interesting, even if you don't learn the whole thing, samsam on him, it's fascinating, and it'll be a great schus for his neshama, probably, if you do, and he'd be very happy. Okay, Akan, this first safer of Rakhain. Okay, wow, a lot of fascinating material. When you say on the internet it's been discussed, you mean it's internet-level material or there's scholarly works and real discussions about it? There's everything, everything, everything. Oh, one second, one second. But, uh, you're right. But I should say is that according to the Pharisee Stroll, I did, this is more important because it's more negative because the way Artsko makes it sound like it doesn't exist. But Artsko was well weird. The Pharisee Stroll and others say it's the monk, it's the form of a chimpanzee, which is more negative. So obviously this also gets into um, uh, different other discussions, but I can we spoke enough already. Side topic and a side topic and a side topic. So you can already move on. Already. It's and you fun. just mentioned quickly Rebbeinu Ben Rafraim. You want to give one sentence on that? You said Rebbeinu is involved in Rebbeinu Rafraim. Um, it seems Rebbeinu Kanievsky. Um, the story actually was written up um, in the Mishpacha. Right afterwards, in the Mishpacha magazine, which I already was already, uh, I already asked Mechila that I was, I said publicly that I read it. So, in at least two issues, there's discussion about it. The Klugman family um, sponsored um, Rabbeinu the Rekeach, and also Rabbeinu Afraim. The Rekeach, Rabbein Kanievsky, I I think he did all the work, or at least did the Marmakaimus. In the Rabbeinu Afraim, he was also involved. I'm not sure which one, how much of the it could be the Rabino Fryan he did um he also did it sound yeah from the introduction it sounds like he also did he also assisted by the Rakech maybe he did more of the work. Um but anyway he was involved as a to explain all different to find different sources, Kedarka with his incredible Yeda for different materials relating to this Rabino Fry. But um yeah. Okay. So that is about tattoos and Pashegan Haksav. Karnechagovim, grasshoppers. So everybody, everybody knows about Chaim when he was learning about the sugi of grasshoppers. The grasshoppers came to him, and there's a video that came a second time. And there's a lot of, a lot of, as you say on the internet about Chaim and the grasshoppers. So what could you say? What could you tell us about Chaim and his grasshopper safer? Okay, so like this. So first, like this. Chaim Kanievsky wrote a kuntris in the same year. That, we, that he put out Pashag Naksav, um, he put out the Karne Chagavim, and at the end of the Karne Chagavim, which is only 30 pages, he says that um, he finished it in El Tafshin Lamavav, 1976. Okay, this is interesting because there's a famous thing that Rechaim Kanievsky used to print the Sefer. When did he write his farm in years that were leap years because he had an extra month not to worry about his chayvis, but here we see him printing two Svarim back to back. In the same year, it could be Tavshalamvav was a leap year, but it's but it, two svarim of the year doesn't fit with the story. Uh, whatever. Okay. Anyway, um, here too again, he has Agdama. Why he's writing the Sefer? So he writes. The reason is the Rambam says that there's a mitzvah to know the Samanim, to be able to be mavdil 
between the behemoths and the chagavim that's mutter to eat and what's not mutter to eat. Even if you don't plan on eating it, it's still a mitzvah, says Reb Chaim, and he is mechirach in the first seminar of Sefer, to learn the sugya, to know the dinim of chagavim. Because many people will say, I'm not interested in eating grasshoppers, they're disgusting. So why should I learn this simon, says Reb Chaim? No, based on the Rambam, it's a mitzvah, you chedes, to learn this um, thing besides the general mitzvah of Talmud Torah, there's a mitzvah you had this for this because in the Torah, now I so in order to um, in Parsha Shmini, we have the Psukim where they talk all about the different meaning that are out there, and all of a sudden we learn this Pasuk. It says over here, which ones could you eat? Then it says. So it sounds like so when I when I was young um, learning this psukim was in seventh grade so I, I was right away the Rebbe was like he was listing right right away he was listing off all the animals and all the birds and everything I'm like how does he know this like it's very hard the answer is that he had this it's called the Living Torah from Rabbi Kaplan amazing safer amazing job. Done in a very short amount of time. Actually, the Mishpacha had a very nice write up about Rabbi Kaplan this year. And um, and we must say that I think NCSY was involved in reprinting. Could be that's what the yeah. article is about. I know Rabbi yeah. Shefkin was involved in reprinting a yes, lot of his he, yeah, books. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Correct. So, so, um, so basically. Right away, it talks about, he says, you can eat the members of the red locust family, the yellow locust, the spotted gray locust family, and the white locust family. And he has pictures that you can see, and he has his aris with a crazy bikias about the grasshoppers. Okay. Now, like everything else, so it's a pasuk. Does not, so what, what, what more could there be about grasshoppers? So, Baruch Hashem, we live in a time that... There's already a few svarim written about grasshoppers. First, we have Rav Kanievsky's Kuntras called Karne Chagovim. That's about eating grasshoppers. We have a different sefer called Ha'arba B'Mesayrus from Professor Zohar Mar, a from expert in all different aspects of realia, animals, shrubs. He's written a multi every year. He puts out at least another sefer, all different types of topics. Um, he has a sefer on the Shemayna Sharatim and a big sefer on the on the locusts. It's how long is a safer? It's almost 200 pages. And um, Rabbi El Schwartz is also prolific and has written many sparm. He has a safer on grasshoppers. Interestingly, I don't know why, but Rabbi El Schwartz, I was not able to find him mentioning Rukhan Kineski's safer, even though it was written much after. Okay. Now, so so the point is, Rukhan Kineski sat down and he held it's very important, as, he, as he's saying, why? That you have to. Um, Learn this sugya besides the regular din of Talmud Torah, you should learn the sugya. There's a mit, um, and based on the Rambam's and a fascinating chapter, Simon Aleph of the Sefer, and he has basically 13 um, simanim about the sugya with the various halacha, Kedarka Bekaidish with his Bekias of um, incredible Bekias, uh, and then he ends off with Yeridea Simon Pei. Ches, I think it's Pechas or Pehe, I'm not sure. Um, and he has two pages where he has the, the Mechaber, and then he has a beer and a Sharetzir. So here you can already see the the involvement. I already I mentioned that in uh, Hilchus tattoos, he doesn't have the Mishnah type format, at least for the end part, he does. Whereas there, the liquid is not like that. Okay. 
So much so, his great Bacchus, I found amusing, is that the in one simon, he talks about uh, the Maran Chulim, and somehow he gets to talking about a um, Rabbi Shaya pick, and the Mishnayis talks about why people don't bring it, why people don't bring a certain uh, Brisa, why Rishonim don't, um, why people, why Rishonim don't bring a, a specific Brisa in Tarus Kaihanim. So Chanchesky shows that they really do, and he also shows about a Ramatasio Strashon. In I found very, also two, two tremendous Gedolim known for their crazy Bakis. So Chanchesky Kalachayad, I think he just he does find the Makar um, for them. Okay. Anyway, so now, fine. So we, we said that there's Psukim, there's Svarim. So is a Negea Halachalamaisa today? Yes. Um, one could even find, I was just, um, um, so I was in the, uh, the Biblical Museum of Natural History, the Museum, the Museum from, of, of Rabbi Slifkin, it's in Beit Shemesh, and so there he has a display about, let's say, grasshoppers, he has a whole write-up about grasshoppers, and one could buy grasshoppers if you, uh, to eat, if you hold, it says if you go with the sheet to that, it's mutter to eat, you can even buy grasshoppers. Now, do people eat it? Do from Jews eat it? Yes. As Zohar Amar talks about in the Sefer Barichos, Taimani Jews eat it, and other people also eat it. Um, and if now, I, when one learns the Sefer of Chaim he talks about if what he says, what about if I don't want to eat it? But what about if I do want to eat it? He has a chapter about it, and his conclusion, Halach says that one cannot eat it. The Messiah was lost. Now, the the um, is a famous Archaim Hakadosh, and the Archaim Hakadosh in his Sefer on Yerodeah at length. He says that one cannot eat grasshoppers at all. Okay. Many Paiskim in the Moroccan Paiskim and certain Svadi Paiskim and the Taimani Paiskim, they, they disagree with this Arachayim Akash. So there was interesting, there's interesting uh, Maramakim. There's a Sefer called, from, called Kafnaki from a Rebkalfi Bemalka. Rebkalfi Bemalka was born in 1670. It was a Hash of a Yid, and he was a pro- prolific writer, but all his materials remained in manuscript. But luckily for him, the Chidah, he was a Moroccan Gadol, and the Chidah saw his material, and he quotes it a lot in his different, the Chidah who saw tons of manuscripts, he saw this Kafanaki, and he quotes it a lot. Anyway, the Kafanaki, it seems, has an Arichos, where he comes out, explain, he, he deals with what the Rechaim HaKadosh says, and he says, he comes out that it's Mutter. And, it, and this piece is quoted, and we don't have this piece that where he says, Mutter, that Sefer got lost. But the Chidah saw it, and others G'dayim saw it. Okay. But more um, very recently, less than 10 years ago, the Sefer Kafnaki came out with different parts of his manuscripts, and a different postscript from the Sefer Shechavaleket, it turns out that he was Chayzer from his Heter that he gave to eat grasshoppers. And, and and this is not so well known, especially the Sefer is only very, very recent. Um, and it came out, and he came out What's significant is the Moroccan Gadol, and even though originally he's the one of the people that's quoted that's arguing on the Archaim HaKadosh, here he is seen to be Chayzer. We don't have the whole reason why he's Chayzer, nor do we have the reason why he's arguing the Archaim HaKadosh. Okay. Now the question is, and this is the question that everyone wants to know, is did Rukhain Kanievsky, um, what's the story about this grasshopper? Did it come to visit him? Um, and what, what's the story behind it? Now, so Rukhain Kanievsky, interestingly enough, is it, I, I, so I was very curious to see, does Rukhain Kanievsky himself make any mention of seeing a grasshopper? So, and, and what's very significant is, we'll see why it's very significant to see a grasshopper, but 
Um, so I look through the whole Sefer, and I see that Reb Chaim Kanievsky himself says as follows. On page 118, when he's talking about, and it plays out, this is a part where it's very negative to know the Metzius, he says, so, I understand, he saw the grasshopper. You go further in the Sefer, page 123, and then he says, So he asked. You go further in the Sefer. It's not such a big Sefer, only 30 pages, well worth learning through. And then he says, um, he brings something from the Sefer Abris, and then he says, And then he so, Rechaim Ganyevsky, at least in the printed versions of, of the story, he talks about that he spoke to people. He spoke to experts. He asked different people. Now, again, back to the Mishpacha magazine. This is in the Pesach issue. So one of the daughters, there's an interview with the daughters, and it says here she remembers the famous story about the grasshopper. Abba was learning the signs of the grasshoppers, which led to the Sefer. He sent me to a neighbor who was a science teacher, to ask if she had a book with pictures of a grasshopper. She said she doesn't. And then suddenly we noticed on the windowsill a grasshopper. Now, already before Chaim Kanievsky was nifter, um, there's a fellow, Avishai Olbaum. Avishai Olbaum is the librarian of the Tel Aviv Library, and he has a blog, an excellent blog about Svarim and different things he does. It ties into the Parsha. And he has a whole post discussing about the, the different versions of the story about Chaim Kanievsky and the grasshopper in the various books on the Rebetzin and the various Nuschais. And on the internet, there is a video with the person, a whole person about it. And you could see Chaim Kanievsky say, yes, it is true. So we're not coming to say that it's not true. Just I'm just pointing out this these lashayness in the safe now. Um, just to conclude with a few short points. Number one, um, did this ever happen before that someone else was learning Hilchus grasshoppers or the sugya and a grasshopper flew in? So again, thanks. We have the internet. Someone found uh, first. I, I got it. I got it from a few different places. Someone first sent it, and then again and again. Um, and bottom line is like this: There's a safer stay Yitzchak, which is printed in 1851. And the mechaber of the safer, so he wrote. He wrote a bunch of svarim on chas, and in Chulin Daf Nuntes. And if I wouldn't have seen it, I wouldn't have believed it. He's learning the sugya of grasshoppers, and it's it's again not clear what the samanim are. And then he says like this: He's not sure. Imam is not sure, and then all of a sudden he describes. And then he brought it the next morning to show his Rebbe to see. So we see a Sefer in 1851 had the same type, similar type of story, but he, this author, he went ahead and printed it. Um, okay. Now. So you'll think the story ends there. So this is so the Sefer Stei Yitzchak was reprinted by Mechona um, Havat Shalom into two volumes. It's available today. The, se- the actual Sefer is available on Hebrew books. You can see this piece. <coughs> now, what's interesting is like this. So I, so I decided to make the, to go the next step, and that is, who's the author of the Sefer? So it turns out there's a whole mythos how this author he was a. Um, how he became a he was a he was a mamasha. It sounds like he was a very shvacha person um, in uh, IQ level also, and a whole mifa story how he became who he became. 
and he became a successful businessman and a successful Tamil Chacham. Um, so this is not the only nice with the grasshoppers. It seems a lot, he had a lot of nisim and this an introduction from Ahavat Shalom. They have various makaris all from that. So I was looking up more. I wanted to see something more about this sefer. So I check and I see in the Mifel bibliography it describes that there's a sefer written against this sefer. What's the sefer called? Um, the sefer is called Vayistabel HaChagaf. Okay? So I'm curious to know what this this person, because it sounds like it has to do with this thing, what's going on. So I immediately try to get a copy of the book. I send someone to get it. It's missing in Hebrew University. Once it's missing in Hebrew University, it's stuck. So I have a shalom. They, they write, they saw it in a private collection, in a collection of Mayor Benio. So I write to the librarian of Mayor Benio. No, he doesn't have it. Maybe it's in the private library. Sent to the sun. I was about to write to the sun. It was already today coming. The thing I sent back. I looked. I said, you know what? Today I'm giving the shear. So let me try one last time to see. Maybe there's an extra copy. And they found an extra copy. I look again. There is extra copy. I send back my guy. Baruch Hashem, he was there today. And finds the safer. Taka, someone wrote a seven-page booklet, and the whole thing, now it doesn't say why he's doing this, but the whole Sefer is attacking this piece. It's baloney, he can't believe it, and it's seven pages, this rare book, there's no copy in the world except him. Hebrew University has a copy from a, from a copy that was in the in, in Tel Aviv library. Anyway, bottom line is, this note has seen, it's not available on the internet, and this Sefer is all about that this piece, that this Mechaber, it's baloney. Okay. I promise you, if someone would write such a thing about Chaim Kiyeski today, I feel bad what would happen. But anyway, we, we have video. We have video recording of Chaim Kiyeski that the story did happen. Well, his daughter said it. They said it at the Levaya. And this is a story that's been well known already in his lifetime. Just it's very cute that he, he himself, when he's talking about it, he doesn't mention it. He just mentions, they spoke to experts. Um, what he looked at it. Okay. Now, what's going on here? So, Stam, this is the, uh, the last prat to talk about today. Relating to all this, um, he quotes the Sefer Habris. So, Michlal, I, I hope to discuss more about the significance of the Sefer Habris for Chaim Kiyeski. It was very significant for Chaim Kiyeski. But for this, um, for just now, just to talk on one aspect, and that relates to this whole thing of seeing this. Why was it so important to see the grasshopper? So, Mamish um, Bekitzer Nimrat's. The, I mentioned already a few times. I'm, I'm fascinated by it. Um, the Chida wrote travels of when he used to travel when he traveled all over. And one of the things he mentions a bunch of times is he saw he went to visit zoos. He saw animals. He saw different animals. He made a Mark Mishan Abrius. And the question is why he was so interested always to seeing animals and, um, and he recorded it. Okay, he made the bracha b'seder, but what was so I so I thought about it a lot, and I, and my conclusion was that it was not only there was a lot more going on, and and that was possibly relates to in general when one learns any particular sugya, specifically a sugya like grasshoppers, and in gen and there's also a, a, there's two aspects. So so the main aspect is that there's um, the Rashi brings down a Taurus Kehanim. When about again back to these psukim of being able to know what's to be mavdal being tamer vitar, that you have loy bevana shoyna el shetei yodeya umakir ubaki behem. You should know to be baki in them. The Mizrahi says not only to learn them, 
but you should be toireach to be um, to be makir, which is tummy, which is tar. And so to the carbon aaron learns up over there um, this tarskehan. So the nakuda is that there's a halacha there. The, the you're learning a sugi about grasshoppers, you learn the shulchan but you don't know how it looks. How could you even begin to even pass him about it? So Chaim Kneski also knew about it. Okay, so he so what did he do? He went he, according to either he, the way he writes is he went um, a, a, experts, and then in the end he took a saw. He was able to nace that that a grasshopper came, and he was able to see with his own eyes. But there's a nakuda to see, and that's why the chida was so concerned. One of the aspects behind why the chida was concerned to go to the zoos. I saw Rogadali Nadal Marshall. He went specifically to see all different animals. Taka for this reason to be able to identify which. Animals are kosher and not, and he's really being Mekayim, this Nakuda. Rav David Sihafin, in his Parish on Chumash, um, shows that if you have a proper understanding of animals, it helps understand Chumash. When one learns Parak Shira, it's very helpful if you understand the animals to understand different things, and, and more than that. In general, so so this so Nakuda number one is that there's a concept called, in the, the word is realia. I, I, don't, I never was able to find the exact word, how it is in English exactly, but it basically means is, to, if you know the Metzius, it helps you understand things better. So Lamashal, Rabari Kappel, when you learn these Psukim, and you look at his pictures, and then today there's much, much more, it helps you get a better handle and understanding what's going on. And as Rechaim Kriyeski says, it, that's part of the mitzvah to learn a Pi'un. So even though Rechaim Kriyeski was not doing because he wanted to eat, the grasshoppers. It was this is a chelik of and as I'm showing you from this Taras Kahanim, also a Rashi brings down that had the Mizrahi in the Karbanaran learning up. If this is a mitzvah to mamish be to know this, so that so when if what let's say one goes to a zoo or one goes and catches a grasshopper, he has his kid go outside catch me a grasshopper, and you look at it and you learn the sugya, you mekayim mamish an extra mitzvah in in the sugya. So that was the behind in general. When one learns these type of sugyas, one should be aware and one should try. To, and this is what Chaim Kriyaski did. He, this is what that, that's what he says he did. He went and he consulted experts. Now, one such expert was always the Sefer Abbas, um, which Amir Tzashem will talk um, more about. Now, just to conclude with one last, one last, um, one last prat, which relates to both these svarim and will will serve as the introduction to the next svarim also. I said that that, that I, I'm. Um, I said is that the that he had, it was influenced by the Chazanesh, Vilnagai, and the Mishnah Bur. Yeah. So one of the most incredible books that I've ever read about a Gadol is the book written by the Chafetz Chaim's son about his father, the Chafetz Chaim. Every time I go just to look up one page, I end up putting 20 pages. I just recently, over Chalmai, read it over again, and I highly, highly recommend it. It's, it's mamish beautiful. And you get an unbelievable appreciation of the Chafetz Chaim, and some of the aspects actually will play out uh, later on. But in part of the Nakuda that I see with Rukhain Kanievsky in both these two Svarim, where he uses his, where he Mamish starts from scratch, from the Psukim, as I said, and he comes all the way to Allah and he's bringing everything. So the Chafetz Chaim's son writes the Fa'ul. What was my father say to Alimud? He says it's like this. We used to begin. We lear- he learned with the Chavetz Chaim a lot. He helped him with the Mishtabura also. And he says, we will begin with the Psukim. We will move on to the Mechilta, if there's a Safra, a Safrei, Targum, Rashi, Ramban. He says, I remember him learning Egel Arufa. This, some, this Egel Arufa line I forgot about. And someone point, a listener pointed out, uh, similar to it with Rukhain Kanievsky with uh, Nachal Eisen. 
And we learned the whole parasha with the Seferi HaGoy Sagra, Targum Rashi Ramban. Then they move on. They learn the Gemaras, then the Mishnahis, the Tesefta. Then we learn the Gemara, the Mishnah, then the Yerushalmi. Then we would move on to the Rambam. And this is how he would learn till he would go further down to the Rif and the Rambam and the Rishayim that he was able to get. Till he would go through Rush. Then he would check the the sunlight. Smag, Trumar, Zarua, Ramban, Raj, Ritva, Ram, Meiri, Itur. Then he would also, forget, not, don't forget, the Shultas and the Bahag, the Goinim. And then he would go with the Torah and the Shulchan Aruch, and then the rest will get to a different time. But the point is, when one looks at this, and then you learn, you look very carefully at the, these two Svarim, these small Chiburim of Rechaim Kanievsky. Before we even get to the other Svarim, you see, this is what Rechaim Kanievsky did. Imamish sat down, he went, started from the beginning, you open up the Psukim. There's a famous joke everyone loves to say, how does the Yeshiva Bachar know um, a pasuk, he doesn't. He never opens it up. They know there's all different versions of the joke. Um, how does he know Moshe and Aaron are brothers? It's not because he knows the psukim, but it's because of his psayis. Uh, and uh, anyway, same type of thing. But here, Chaim Knievsky, he started from the beginning. He went to the Rishonim, and this it's not only what I'm saying is this. Chavetz Chaim's son is saying this is how my father taught me how to learn. This is how the Mishnah Brewer itself was written, and we'll have a lot more to say. But this is just an introduction to insight into the method of Chaim Knievsky to give us some glimpse of what's behind um, these uh, svarim. Excellent, excellent. Wow, there is so much information there to unpack. Amazing, as always. Now I know next time one of my daughters asks me to get rid of a spider, I should hold it and examine it and learn it for posterity. Okay, thank you very much. Make sure to show it to her. You have to make sure to show it to her. Absolutely, I could tell her this is how Reb Chaim and previous Kedalim, the Chida, they used to look for these animals all the time. The Chaim and Mitzvah, always. Take you, know? you sure show her the Rashi. You sit down with Rashi. Now we're going to go. That's exactly. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Okay, great speaking with you. Let's do it again soon. Have a good day. You too, bye.